Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Dan and Olson, and today in our study of Amos 3, verse 6, we are going to be looking at what the Lord does in disasters. So today's readings are coming from the English Standard Version, and I encourage you to follow along as we study, because there's a lot happening in this passage. So the verse reads, Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? So my first question is, does the Lord do disasters? What does this mean? So this is phrased like a question, but it is really not. It's phrased like a question for stylistic purposes. But if you look at the rest of the passage, look at verse 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? No. Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? No. Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? No. Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there's no trap for it? No. What this passage is doing is it's presenting obvious no's so that we look at something that might not seem to us as obvious, but the Bible views it as plain. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? No. So the Lord does bring these disasters. What does that mean? Amos, I, we need some context. Amos's ministry took place just before the deportation of Israel. Israel was marked by apostasy. From the day they were created until they were sent into exile, they were continually in rebellion. They were a nation marked by sin. Israel represented opposition to God's chosen line, the line of David. Israel did not follow the kings of David that were in Judah. They were the northern kingdom. They were the kingdom that rebelled against God's chosen line, the line of David. Israel, they were in a conditional covenant with God. And as such, they were subject to judgment. If you read through the law, you will find that the nation of Israel was subject to punishment if they were unfaithful. There's a famous song, The Blessing, and you know it says all the good things that happen to the nation of Israel if they are faithful. But you know, there's not a song called The Curse. I don't know how many listens it would get, maybe for a little bit, but I just, I can't envision at the church, you know, singing, they'll dash the children, you know, that's probably not going to go over well with a congregation. But the reality is that in this covenant, it's conditional. They will have blessing if they're obedient, it's if, and they will have curses if they are disobedient. And as you can see, just a cursory look at 2 Kings will tell you the nation of Israel was rebellious. These, the incoming judgment that Israel faced, it was from the Lord. Israel deserved God's judgment. And what we see in this is that God is bringing disaster on his people, the people of Israel, because they had incurred his judgment.
Now, it's important to note this context. Again, this is a judgment for a specific people, the people of Israel in this specific time. This disaster of deportation is for the people of Israel. Now, look at this verse. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? It's phrased as a rule, you know, as a general proverb for life. And so it's not just application to the people of Israel, which is its immediate application, but it's also used generally. So we see that generally that disasters are not outside the plan of God. So the questions, there are obviously a lot of questions. Is there such a thing as senseless evil? And are there, there's so many questions that we need to ask. But the first thing that we need to do from this passage, we'll get to those tough questions. But the first thing we need to do is we need to rest in God's judge, justice. God is completely faithful in his promises to bless and completely faithful in his promises to curse. God can be trusted. We can rest in God's justice knowing that if we do salvation his way, if we come to him in faith, asking him to take away our sins through Jesus Christ, we can have salvation and it is secure. And that's such great news because life is crazy. We're crazy. But the good news is that we can have lasting deliverance and we can have the salvation of our souls through the blood of Jesus Christ if we come to him in faith. And that only comes from a view of God's judgment, a view of God's justice, that he is truly just and that he is not changing his mind or anything like that, but that he is a faithful God. But I want us to dive in not only to the application to give rest to our souls, but also how do we discern God's will in disasters? We see these disasters that come on a city. And our, every time there is a disaster, we have this desire, like, what is God's plan for this? And it's a question that naturally comes. And so what I want us to do is what do we do before catastrophes, during catastrophes, and after catastrophes? Well, before, this is where the hard work comes. We must study the scriptures day in and day out. It is easy to get lazy during good times and say, well, I don't, I'm doing good. I don't really need this. And then these hard, hard times come and we have no foundation. We need to know God's promises for us. Another application is to read great books on suffering. There is so much encouragement in reading through a great book. Maybe it doesn't apply to your season of life right now. But then going through a difficult time and going back to the truths that you had already learned and had a firm foundation so that you were not shaken. You might have bent, but you did not break. That is good news. And then 
we can also, I mean, if nothing else, buy good books before catastrophes so that you can read them during a horrible season. There is, I mean, you should be reading these two. But if nothing else, have them on your shelf so that if something horrible happens, you have great resources you can go to. I love John Piper's book, Providence, where he just wrestles with some really hard questions about the sovereignty of God. And if God is totally over control, why is there evil? You know, all these questions. John Piper does a great job answering those. There's other great books that you can go to. So obviously that's not the only book. But have great resources. And this is also what the church is for. The church encouraging each other to trust God in hard seasons. And then during catastrophes, what do you do during a catastrophe? Well, my first advice to you is do not try to decipher God's complex plan in a difficult season. There are just so many stories of people wasting away because they try to find the intricacies of God's plan in a horrible season. What you should do is hold to those promises of God. In a difficult, hard season, I can't tell you exactly how God is working all things for your good, but I can tell you that he is. And you need to hold to those promises. Additionally, remember times that God has been faithful. This is why there is much to be said for journaling or for just recording times of faithfulness that God has been good to you so that in difficult seasons, you can look back on that and be grateful and that you can have hope for those difficult times. Additionally, treasure what he has given you during those catastrophes and don't waste away trying to discover God's intricate plans. Know what you do have, and that's God's word. That is a church who will support you, Lord willing. And here's the thing, the worst, and if you're comforting someone, the worst thing you can do is comfort someone by giving them a theory of exactly why they're suffering. Just grieve with them. That's what. That's the best thing you can do. So we can know that if disaster comes on a city, it is not outside of God's plan. And during a catastrophe, hold to God's truth. And then finally, after catastrophes, this is, you know, answering that question, how do we discern God's will in disasters? If you and a trusted Christian mentor can attempt to see what God is doing and it's abundantly clear, that's great. You know, there is much to be said for going through a difficult season and afterwards seeing how God used that to grow you. You know, there's been sin in my life that hurt me, but that I can see how God used to grow me in the long run. But again, this is after, and there's sometimes where we're just never going to know this side of eternity, why something happened. Because Part of living in a fallen world is that there is senseless evil. 
There is, in God's plan, man has sinned and rejected God and incurred God's judgment and this curse on the earth. And part of the curse is this senseless evil. Sin by its nature makes no sense. And the consequences of sin are horrible. Disasters happen every day to people, to innocent people. And it's it's terrible. It's part of living in a fallen, broken world. You look at the Psalms, Psalm 73, where the psalmist just writes how the wicked prosper and the good suffer. That's part of living in a broken world. And that's where grief is good, but that's also where we can have comfort and joy from the promises of God that he's going to restore this world. Many Christians, they didn't find out why they suffered. William Tyndale, he was a martyr in the 1500s, I believe, and he was in monumental in translating the Bible. And in his time, he was viewed as a heretic for because of the church at that time was had strayed from God's word. They, the leaders had taught that only church leaders could know the Bible. The rest had to just take the teaching from the, the church and go with that. But William Tyndale wanted a Bible in the common language. And so he was persecuted and he was martyred because of that belief. And what we see is that Tyndale probably was like, Lord, why can't I just translate the Bible in peace? But we know that now that his suffering actually caused the spread of Bible translation and inspired more so that now you and I have the Bible in English. And it's a great, great good. And obviously so many people have come to know Christ because of Tyndale's sacrifice. And so we can see now why God used that catastrophe, that martyrdom. But Tyndale probably didn't know why. His whole life he probably didn't know why. But the good news is that in all things, God is working for the good of his people. In Amos, we see that disaster comes as a part of God's plan, but we know that God's plan is ultimately for our good if we have our faith in Christ, if we are his people. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. If you haven't already, I'd encourage you to go to our website, adoptedbelievers.com, where you can find podcasts, articles, and other cool resources. And please tell your friends about us. It's a great way you can support what we're doing. But without further ado, I'm going to see you all next time.